Welcome to Get Offset. My name is Emily. I'm Joan Apari. And uh, there's been some really surprising Marshall news this week. Yes, yes, there has. It's been all over the internet. I gotta admit, I, I didn't see that one coming. I didn't see Marshall selling in, in general, though that doesn't fully surprise me. But who they sold to really does make me laugh a little. I thought it was an April Fool's joke. Yeah, the timing of it made me think that too. And they, yeah, they sold to uh, Swedish company Zounds. Yeah, and what does Zounds do? Uh, pretty much Bluetooth speakers, and it's pretty much kind of like a brand. Uh, it's, yeah, they did the whole, like, Bluetooth speakers, like, when you're camping out, you know, a little amp. And then, like, also, I think, like, they did either the glasses as well, the little fridge. I mean, they I did the fridge. Did they do the fridge? I'm the brand Marshall. licensing, because I'm... When I was looking into it, I was seeing basically they licensed out mainly to Zounds originally. And the pairing was so potent as far as, I guess, business venture that Zounds ended up going, you know what? We don't want to pay the licensing anymore. So can we just can we just buy you guys? You know, we'll leave you on the board. You know, you guys can still hang out, have majority. <laughs> yeah. You know, I've seen those little speakers. Like, I, I was mm. in Best Buy getting something. And I saw the little speakers there, and I remember remember thinking that they were they looked super goofy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, I just want my Bluetooth speakers to look like a Bluetooth speaker. I want my yeah. amp to look like an amp, and uh, never so, the two shall meet. Yeah, you know, separ- separation of the two worlds would be great. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely kind of like man cave vibes. Not more mm. man caves than that little Marshall fridge, which. I was talking about that with my um, co-workers the other day. Like, I can't believe that's real. I mean, I know it's been around for years and people would buy them. And like, like at Guitar Center, they always have like rock star energy drinks in them or whatever. Like, they look, they look nice. But there's something about like a fridge where the inside of the refrigerator is black that really skeeves me out. I don't, I can't explain yeah. that. I just, it, it doesn't look right. <laughs> No, no, it doesn't. And of course, like some of the things that people have joked about, like, uh, you know, bands have had them on stage, like looking like an actual amp, but it's not. They just open the fridge like a gag. <laughs> it's it's really goofy to me and like power to you if that's how you want to spend $400 to $500, depending on the model that you get. Yeah. But um, uh, not for me. Like I, you know, I've said this a bunch of times. I don't want things that aren't guitar things to look like guitar things particularly like i know people who have like the the, the i think it's like the marshall keychain thing as well yes i i I, I admit i was tempted during the pandemic by that and i was like yeah i could just be like a gear nerd to the full extent and just you know time to jack in like the keys when i come in the door into the amp i look cute but it's, yeah no i it's didn't functional that's functional you know and not not that this little mini fridge isn't functional but yeah. like I I mean it's too expensive for college students and yeah, it's, it's just like classic man cave stuff that and you're like neon Budweiser signs and I'm really <laughs> painting a picture there in my brain. Mm. Yeah. I don't know. Do, do like I when I envision a man cave it is very stuck in the early 2000s. <laughs> I guess so. Um trying to think yeah, I guess I grudge you know high school around that time so yeah that would that would make sense kind of like yeah yeah thinking about it (laughs) but uh the i know they're not the they can't be the first like 
brand music brand that's sold to a non-music company i'm uh i mean gibson is kind of a similar thing though i don't think i selling to a bluetooth speaker company is genuinely interesting and strange i mean they're both audio but one's consumer audio and one's considered mi and pro audio um that's not to say consumers don't buy marshall products obviously they do but it just seems really um it's interesting you know i'm not gonna shit on it because who knows if they could do a really good job with it um but i was surprised to see and i would love to to kind of understand how that went down because it, it um, does feel very like we like you said don't want to pay the licensing anymore can we just buy you outright and i guess so i guess they're selling a lot of speakers yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of the gist that I got when I did uh, preliminary research was that originally, I think about a decade ago, I think that's when the partnership started, and then they're basically doing the Bluetooth speakers and everything. I know it was a little bit back, but doing all that between them two and licensing and, you know, making all the other side kind of, um, you know products and things that general population may like kind of on the brand name and at a certain point i just think they probably made enough money to say hey we work really well together you know why don't we buy you guys out maybe with the finances that our company has here maybe a it'll keep the company afloat maybe with the financial backing you'll be able to take more innovative risks with speakers you know uh amps going forward because they really haven't done much in a decade really um yeah it just seems like i'm looking at it as things may not change at all or maybe it may be the potential to finally start to take risks as a brand in a way that has a partner that may be willing to take more risks but they're kind of formed together um the marshall group um so the family members are still on the board they hold most of the shares so they're still pretty much a player in deciding what you know goes and doesn't go you know so i'm curious to see whether are they keeping the same employees are they hiring new ones what what does that mean as well going forward my my best guess is pretty immediately there's not going to be a huge difference hmm. um, because they're still going to need people who know how to build and sell speak like actual amps to do that. Um, I think the marketing could potentially have more redundancies than other parts of it. Just knowing marketing. They could uh, be better in well. general. Yeah. Yeah. But so Zound, not to be confused with the Zound yeah. retailer, um, they boast themselves as uh the House of Zound includes a portfolio of distinctive brands. We are home to Urban Ears, Marshall, and Adidas. So obviously they don't own Adidas, but they work with Adidas. They work with Urban Ears. Yeah, um, that that was a concern as well. It's like, are we going to see Adidas brand like amps? And I'm like, no, 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 probably not. Yeah, but <laughs> you never know. That. I know. So Urban Ears, I used to have some Urban Ears products and they kind of... Hmm. Uh, don't know why I, I think they maybe just stopped working you know as they tend to do oh, okay. they're like their over ears are very sleek very minimalist kind of stuff so that's nice but we're not talking about that marshall uh they talk about sustainability blah 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 the speakers like they don't look bad i just like 
why and then they have like headphones too yeah. i'm like i'm sure they're fine but i don't know why because speakers and headphones like they're, they're not they're, they're basically headphones are basically little speakers that's literally yeah. what they are but for some reason like when when brands that do one thing really well start branching into like headphones like amps amp companies making headphones for some reason for me it just i i don't assume it's going to be a very good product like i don't have the assumption like oh it's marshall it's going to be great i kind of feel like it's more of a a money grab lifestyle like i feel like when that kind of stuff happens it ends up being very consumer product and it's like i feel like it's a little bit confused yeah and i think that's kind of the representation that Fender has done with the lifestyle kind of branding that they've done and kind of faded from popularity in general. I mean, I don't really see much in the world or vein of marketing or demos or really much of things that show Marshall wanting to put themselves out there very much or even artists using them very much. I mean, in my research that I was doing, uh, I think Nita Strauss used when she just started playing with Alice, like a JVM 410 head. But other than that, like when I'm looking online, it's like it's not really something that is used today very much as far as the Marshall lamps. I don't really I, see much. I don't know if I agree with that. I feel like I still see plenty of Marshalls on stages, like even small ones. But the days of just like plugging straight into a Marshall stack, they're over. They are, they're over. Like, even if you play arenas, you're probably consistent, like, constantly more likely to end up going direct. And for the, the inner monitors, least, yeah. Yeah. Cause you, cause you're relying on in ears. Like, you know, uh, Angus, Angus Young from ACDC never moved to in ear monitors. So he needs that Marshall stack the so loudness. he can move around the stage yeah. and still hear himself. But um, most people, they, they, you know, it's, it's cool to care about your hearing now. And you see much smaller bands and even like local musicians using in-ear monitors. Like I have them in right now and I'll be using them on Wednesday to save their hearing, get a better mix directly to themselves, make it so they can move around the stage and still hear everything that's happening mm. uh, in their mix um, it's just a much better product overall and it does take an investment because the thing is you show up to a gig and they have wedges there. Um, they may not have a transmitter meter and receiver for your IMs. In fact, they probably don't. So you're going to have to get your own. Uh, you can get some affordable ones. Um, I just picked up from uh, Sweetwater sent me the Audio-Technica 3000 series IM system okay so the like that's expensive and the body pack itself is you know kind of expensive but i can run my whole band i believe nice. i can run my whole band on on that and it's going to be make lives a lot easier you know you're gonna have consistent sound night to night especially if you can um log in with an app and set your own mixes because a lot of modern digital mixers have apps you can bounce in there you can set your mix um without having to bother the sound person too much no, and a lot of, I think, gear in general are starting to go through apps and be more technology-based versus just being loud. Yeah. There definitely is a shift these days in the modern world. Yeah, people don't want to be, don't want to be loud as, like... You got neighbors. <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously, like, I should say, there are definitely people who want to be loud, but yeah. uh, I don't think it's as in in style 
to blast people away. I think people don't want to go to shows and be in pain, frankly. No, and I think from what I was reading about, because the in-ear monitors and with the loudness not being more of like what people go for with stage anymore they said they've used martial amps below the stage facing down might was another way in which they do things now versus all of them on the stage yeah um oh god like just put put them in a room yeah um i, I forget what the, i my i'm really tired <laughs> i cannot remember <laughs> what that's called like an iso booth kind of situation i i've recorded in studios where i didn't have to have headphones or monitoring they just played it because then you could just play it over the speakers and oh, okay. i could hear everything that i was doing so I've, I've recorded in that kind of environment too and it was really pleasant nice because then you can put in that room you can crank it as loud as it needs to be cranked it's not really going to bother anybody no. But, you know, people people are constantly looking for smaller amps, lighter weight amps, things that mm -hmm. have, like, um, modern touches, like headphone jacks and um, yep. XLR out with a cab sim, even. Uh, basically, I, I think the, the Tone Master series from Fender, that kind of vibe, is popular. People obviously are always going to want tube amps. But when you look at, like, the price of a tube amp from a major retailer versus, like, a smaller builder like Benson, yeah, mm -hmm. the Benson's probably more expensive. But I think, like, knowing me and just, like, my own purchase habits, that's what I bought when I wanted a tube amp. It's right behind me. <laughs> <laughs> I love the little thing. But, you know, I'm actually looking at he reviews for these headphones. They're pretty good. But I'm not sure if people are using them for travel. Um... I don't know if people are using them in like studio environiments. Yeah. I think the AKG 701Ks are I didn't, still going to I didn't see there. Yeah, I didn't see anyone talking about using these headphones and playing guitar like at all. Like it definitely seemed like a more, you know, lifestyle like on the go like kind of scenarios regarding these kind of headphones. Yeah, and I think like kind of the imagery in uh the ads is is a little interesting if I remember correctly i think it was just like let's see a young woman listening to music and that's that's the image i saw i'm like okay yeah well, not really it, gear or music well besides listening it's listening kind of approach to music as opposed to you know playing music while obviously keeping the volumes down keeping it in your headset like not really that kind of a focus yeah, and the, um, uh, just going back to the headphones, mm -hmm. like they are Bluetooth headphones, so you wouldn't use those to mix. You wouldn't anyway, use those to play yep. because you got the latency. Yep. Um, Bluetooth has a minimum latency of I think thirty milliseconds, and the longest latency you're going to get on wired is probably ten milliseconds, and that's a huge difference. Um, that and like the compression you get from Bluetooth, it's never going. It's never going to sound as good as a really nice set of reference monitors. Um, because it's just required to send it over the wave. So, if, like, if you pay for uh MQ um master quality audio on title and you're listening to it on Bluetooth headset, you're probably not getting the full experience of what you pay for. You are probably going to want to invest in a really nice uh set of like um earphones. Like, I use uh my my in ear monitors for listening. A lot mm -hmm. critical listening. I have the the Ultimate Ears Reference Remaster that I use for recording demos, and then I have the uh, UV18 Plus that I use to perform live because it has it's louder and has more headroom, um, and they're just <laughs> they sound really good. 
<laughs> well, oh that's always the good the good aspect of that. It's, if it sounds good, like that's important. Yeah, but like it's not just like if it sounds good to you. There are there really are scenarios where you need to have something that is good, actually is good. I mean, you, you should make sure that your mixes pass the the Bluetooth audio test, but that shouldn't be. I don't think where you start. I think that you should start with something nicer. Put everything in the, in the mix together and uh, work backwards from that in terms of quality. Because, you know, it, it, if you mix it, if it sounds good in, in one thing, it's not always going to sound good in every other environment. The goal yeah. of mixing and mastering is to make it sound as good as possible in every environment. But um, that's Try. not always real. No. no, I've in previous uh, recording mixes and stuff like that, I tried to at least through not just my headset, but monitors and trying to hear it in the car, try to hear it everywhere. And it's maddening to try to obviously make something sound good everywhere. Yeah. And uh, eventually you just have to kind of pick. And, you know, the thing is, most people do just listen on like AirPods. Yeah. I do think that the listening devices we have are getting better, better than they were like when you and I were in high school where yeah. you go to the store, you you get like ten dollar shitty ass little earbuds yeah yeah and there was like no um skull candy no ice no (laughs) passive noise isolation so -hmm. everything was escaping your ear so you had to really crank it it was awful products god and people just yeah yeah and when when itunes came out people started listening to mp3 players there were studies of people who had like mostly listened to music on those kinds of devices and found that they preferred the, the tinnier sound of an mp3 to the higher fidelity sound of a flack because that's what they were used to makes sense yeah so yeah long story short marshall sold the company to the people who make their speakers um an interesting choice not an unheard of kind of thing that people do sometimes yeah. so we don't know what it's going to hold there probably won't be no any idea meaningful changes for years is my guess yeah i don't think it's going to be instantaneous i think that whatever is happening right now either it's been in the pipeline for a little bit maybe between planning the both of them maybe maybe this is a surprise to us yeah that's what i'm saying it's probably a surprise to us but it's probably already been kind of getting in line to happen and it'll probably yeah i think maybe within a year or so i think we'll start to see shifts i'm already seeing people talk about oh maybe we should start coveting the before zounds merger amps and i'm like in market value and i'm just like oh no the chaos begins Yeah, people like doing that. And, you know, sometimes they're right. You know, when when DOD kind of shut down Mm -hmm. operations, uh, people who were like, buy the rubberneck now, they were right. Yeah, Yeah, because it it became, like, you get get it for 80 bucks, and then it became really sought after. And then people turned around and sold them for, like, 300 bucks, Mm -hmm. not more. So, you know, sometimes those people are right. But in this case... Marshall amps aren't going away. They are a legacy brand. That's why that's why the like, Zound made money putting the logo on yes. speakers to the point that they wanted to buy the whole company. <laughs> you know, it's the reason people buy like listen, I know people clown on like uh Fender did a collaboration with Brixton. Uh they make hats. They actually made the shirt. I'm wearing we're in Brixton <laughs> right now. But like fedoras and cowboy hats. Yeah, I saw those, and straw yeah. hats and like baseball caps some of them look really cool like there was that sway um uh, uh corduroy 
jaguar hat i actually sent that to working class music i think i've seen it in a video or two of theirs <laughs> i told them they had to share it um people clowned on that first collaboration and then fender went around and did another one so obviously they made money doing it yeah they wouldn't do it again definitely. if they had. And now they're selling ski goggles, which seems a little bit farther from it for me. But um, <laughs> yeah, I don't get that one. I don't get that one. I don't. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of crossover. I used to work for a music festival that um, happened in Leavenworth, Washington in the winter, really close to a ski resort. Mm-hmm. And we had a partnership with a ski resort where you could get cheaper day, day passes for the lifts okay. um, if, in a bundle. And one of the bands asked in their contract for a ski pass, and they didn't use them, but eh, there's obviously overlap. But winter sports in general are uh, inherently bougie because the uh, entry cost is a lot more expensive than, like, playing soccer. Yeah. Oh, yeah, sure. Definitely. Yeah. I'm not saying everyone who does winter sports is affluent, but uh, it, it does tend to err that way like how do you be like, look at olympic athletes sometimes like the um the the luge and stuff i'm like yeah how do you get into that like you obviously have to grow up around somewhere that has <laughs> yeah, that has that yeah and like who like those big indoor facilities they're really expensive <laughs> yeah but then you also have those magical instances where you have like bobsledding and there's jamaican bobsledding teams so i mean yeah. Things could happen depending on yeah. your region. Well, Sometimes it's possible. And then you look at how they practice in a very dangerous way. And, yes. uh, and then they didn't do so hot in the actual Olympics, which was sad, but still a great movie. Cool Runnings. Classic, is. classic film. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, ice skating, though. I'm working farther. But ice skating is relatively <laughs> diplomatic. Like, uh, not diplomatic. That's not the right word. It's an equal. It's an equalizer. You know, I Tanya hmm. Harding was not a, you know was not affluent at all or is it yeah, yeah. just Tanya buying skates wasn't, really was maybe yeah buying skates yeah no it's not really that high of an entry cost to get in I mean um yeah the sports that I guess would be hockey would be especially for goaltenders um yeah there definitely are sports in which yeah there's a little bit of higher or you have to be in a region or area that enables you to kind of get the practice and training that you would in order to excel in those sports and yeah not every region is caters to that the northern regions a little bit more so it's just more popular up there um so uh let's talk about guitars that wasn't the only thing that marshall had going on but uh they also are re-releasing some pedals Yes, yes, they are. Um, they're re-releasing, and this came before this whole announcement on the buyout. Um, re-releasing of the Governor, the Drive Master, the Blues Breaker, which the internet was mostly excited about, um, and the Shred Master. Um, from what I looked up, the Governor is pretty much a classic, uh, kind of like their first supposed amp in a box in history um it also jim marshall's nickname around the factory was the governor so that was the reason why eventually it kind of was named that um classic kind of controls gain base middle treble and the level it has an effects loop and i thought it was interesting between the governor and the drive master is that they're almost like the same pedal, but the Drive Master is the one that doesn't have the effects loop, and it has like a little subtle differences in some of the tweaks as far as sounds, but they're essentially still both a governor. So I thought that was interesting to release two pedals that were very similar 
and just having subtle differences in a line that that they have different I, price points. I assume ha- one having the FX loop and one not definitely would set the price between the two a little different. Um, the Blues Breaker was pretty much a recreation of the 1962 amp uh, in a box that they released. Um, a lot of the times I saw people were comparing the two. Um, they kept this big box style with these pedals and i don't know in this day and age whether that really is a great idea i keep seeing some brands when they do reissues and i'm not talking about the jhs with ehs you know uh slap echo recently which i'm grateful for making things smaller when they reissue things but yeah i've been seeing that yeah we're gonna reissue them but they like put it in the same like gigantic box and i was like yeah pedal board not friendly <laughs> like no yeah, don't do it's that. the same it's the same big box was taking up a lot of yeah. real stage just a big switch in the middle and all the knobs at the top i mean there are obviously going to be more space efficient ways to do this Mm. um what kills me is that they really like the fonts are the same in my eye like they just look the same they like there's a fine line between vintage and dated and i don't know if this aesthetic is vintage yet Mm. but um i mean i guess why screw with something if it's working on one hand maybe the people that this pedal would appeal to most are also already drawn to that aesthetic i hope they did some testing but i would have not been sad to see a more updated look but then again weren't we just talking about their budget pedals they had a while back and clowning on them for lack of a better word (laughs) like yeah they Uh, they didn't look good is what i remember yeah and and again uh with the line itself like i understand it's a reissue and of course even when they were saying it's a reissue like these pedals it's just newer newer parts to create the same sound but yeah some of that stuff doesn't exist anymore so i kind of figure like in comparison anybody out there doing between the two do they really sound the same you know with the updates are there any differences um the what do you call it? Um, the blues breaker is a soft clipping diode. Uh, the because you really have to push that one, and the Glovener is pretty much like a hard, just much like the Shred Master, which is more like I guess like the '90s Shred tone, and it has like a scoop uh, contour, which is pretty great. Um, yeah, I mean, as far as the line goes, it's interesting, and with the price point, I mean. Me personally, when it comes to like amp sims and stuff like that for Marshall wise, I have the Catlin bread dirty little secret that, you know, pretty much covers all the bases. And it's like a little small pedal on my board. It's perfect for that. And it creates sounds from like the Plexi to like the JCM 800 and with the super lead and the super bass switch. It's not like it's two channel. It's like basically having two pedals inside one box. It's great. Yeah, that's that's something that. I that's a great point like there are already a lot of really good robust affordable um clones of these and obviously you know uh, being the name brand can pull some weight of course but if it's something you've just been kind of ignoring for a very long time I just don't really (laughs) I don't I don't really see the benefit like I don't really see how that's going to work out for you if you if you catch my drift like uh People have already yeah. they got stuff they like that that scratches that itch. No, and of course. it's just like, did did you miss the boat? Were you waiting too long? Like, cause you can't really C and D cease and desist this stuff 
No. Like circuit, like uh, schematics aren't, um, you, you can't patent them, trademark them, copyright them or whatever. I, f- I forget which exactly one it is. I don't think it's copywriting. I think it's trademarking mm-hmm. or patenting. Yeah, that, that makes more sense. And um, yeah, I there's a lot of people making these from like Joyo for like 60 bucks on Amazon to really high-end boutique companies. It's yeah. just, I think it's going to be a hard hard sell especially with that footprint but people seem really excited about it yeah i mean again we're going back to that whole brand kind of riding i guess on the coattails of who what the legacy of marshall is and i think in re-releasing these pedals as a reissue exactly how they looked and everything they wanted to give people who basically want that kind of look aesthetic of sound like the originals and maybe that's their larger demographic so that's who they cater to maybe our generation or people after us like don't really care for such things and they're more about the sound you know only as opposed to aesthetics and you know trying to chase vintage sounds as much yeah but like they gotta i mean if you want to look forward you can't look back i know and i think the people that maybe this would appeal most to they are getting older Hmm. and they also had a chance to buy that stuff the first time around so that's like but if they couldn't afford it back then that's That's... sad and i get it but you don't think they found something else in the meantime how much are these like 250 bucks I'm thinking maybe. Hold on, let me see. Uh, Marshall. Oh, it's on reverb for two fifty. The blues okay. breaker. So yeah, two fifty kind of seems to be yeah about yeah. That's their mark. I yeah. I mean, pedals these days. I mean, that's typically like a boutique or stuff like that. That's more like two hundred, two fifty kind of. The dirty little secret's one eighty new. I know. That's what I'm saying. Like dirty, dirty little secret is like one seventy nine. Yeah, so you're getting yeah. that sound for, yeah, a lot less. And that's why I was mentioning and bringing it up because I was like, I love that pedal. If I want a Marshall sound, I mean, I don't have any room for more amps. I only have two. So for yeah. me, space saving is really important, So which is why I tend to like lean more towards effects pedals than obviously other aspects like amps and stuff like that to recreate sounds. But yeah, that little you know, amp sim is just great for what I need it for whenever I want that kind of sound. And yeah, for the price, yeah, it's just 179 This week's episode of Get Offset is brought to you by Moog Music. Moog instruments continue to inspire artists and listeners around the world. As music technology continues to evolve, the company and its employee owners carry on Bob Moog's devotion to creating innovative tools designed for the musician. Moog Music's latest venture is a reimagining of some of its most influential analog instruments of the past for today's audio production workflow. The Moger Foger FX plugins are compatible across all major DAWs on Windows and Mac OS, making the Moog sound more accessible than ever. I use the MF108 Cluster Flux, a flexible processor that can modulate between chorus, flanging, and vibrato in the background track you're listening to right now. I love this effect. It's probably the most used of the plugins uh, for me personally. I even use it in a recent recording project. Learn more about the Mogerfoger Effects plugins by clicking the link in the video or podcast description or by visiting software.mogmusic.com. That's software.moggmusic.com.
Yeah, so thanks again to Moog for sponsoring this week's episode of the Get Offset podcast. I really do recommend those plugins. Um, I actually have been using them pretty consistently in my own recording, and I just, I think they sound great. Nice. And thank you again, Moog, for sponsoring. Yeah. So, Joe, uh, what's new with you? You seem like maybe you had something big happen last week. <laughs> I birthed a demo baby, essentially. <laughs> um, yeah, the marshmallow demo is out. Um, I put timestamps in it. I'm excited about it and people seeing it. Um, basically, a lot of modes to explain. It has uh, the mod mode, the we go through everything, mod mode, RP, arpeggiator, random, ring, and cloud, which is kind of like having a delay and reverb in one pedal. And it really twists and really modulates in weird ways. And of course, I have, as usual, a animated aspect of it, of Marshmallow, you know, kind of helps me through it. And his voice is put through the pedal as one of the pitches, because it is kind of like a dual pitch shifter um, pedal. You can get chorus sounds out of it, you know, you know organ effects and many different uh, random. I mean, it's really kind of like a Swiss army knife tool in a box, especially when you pair it with other pedals. So um, I kind of geared this uh, demo more towards, I think, ambient guitar players or sound designers, because I think it'd be really good when you put it in mix with other pedals rather than by itself. And a lot of people have been putting this pedal demo wise, just kind of like showing examples of it by itself. Um, but I definitely think as putting it with other pedals, that's kind of where it shines the most in the mix. Um, so that's what I kind of focused on. Um, it is a, a longer demo, much like the Maw demo was, because the more I have to explain in these demos, the more time it takes to do that. And whenever I set out to do a demo, I never really know like how long they are until I start stitching them together. Um, and they're then I was long, like, well, they're all they're as long <laughs> as they need to be. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah, um, it's. Yeah, it's always a surprise to me, and it's always guessing, okay, how long is this one going to be? Mm -hmm. um, but I definitely, in the next next one I do, I think I'm going to go a little simpler. <laughs> but I did put timestamps, so in every mode, you know, you can hop around. It, there's gags in there, there's jokes, you know, kind of the nor you know the, the way I normally describe things. A lot of demo uh, dialogue at the very beginning of it. So obviously have patience if it's not something you're used to or like as far as demos go. It, maybe it's not for you. Um, but yeah, very story driven kind of uh, kind of like a, you know, a cartoon show kind of where we walk through the pedal in a way that is, you know, mildly entertaining uh, with a marshmallow talking. Yeah, well, I, I, I wouldn't say mildly, but um, he's pretty sweet. I can say that. Yeah. But he gets into a lot of trouble. <laughs> I, I, I heard. I heard Devon talk about that a little bit. <laughs> yes, yes. He was very he, – he was definitely um, a part of this, uh, I guess, spoiler alert in one way or another. And um, he's also, as I've said on this podcast before – one of the reasons why I started to do this, because I listened to that episode in which he talked with uh, Emily and Andrew on the Get Offset podcast. So mm -hmm. listening to that episode is pretty much what started me to start to put music and things out. So I am also very grateful to, you know, you, Emily and Andrew and Davon for that, because it's 
that that started me with putting stuff out myself, music, and I've been able to do and experience a lot lot of things musically and push myself creatively in ways that I otherwise wouldn't have if I guess I had been not open to a new perspective on using being a musician and artist. So I, I'm always grateful for that. I always tell him. I'm sure he's tired of it. Or, and anybody that I tell that I'm like, thank you so much. I appreciate it. I'm so grateful. Like, I was like, I'm sure you're tired of me saying that, <laughs> but I'm still going to say it. <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's out. Um, I'm excited for anybody can watch it. I figure with the timestamps, if you can't, it's harder to watch something that long in one setting, but <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, the ring mod is pretty fun. Cause I, and I, and even recording this, I was like, I never, even for me, I was like, when I go into pedals, like there's sometimes like things that I've never explored before. And I was like, I never really played with a ring mod before. So through the process of doing this demo, I was like, okay, like I kind of learned about <laughs> the ways in which people do use it. And yeah, it, it can get pretty doomy and fun. So yeah, that was, that was a fun aspect. Nice. Yeah. Um, definitely check that out. I've often uh, working through it. <laughs> I don't, uh, I'll probably watch it after my gig. <laughs> Next Wednesday, I have a gig the day after this podcast comes out at the Tractor Tavern in Seattle on April 5th. I'm in the house band for a John Prine tribute show, and I practiced so much yesterday yes. that my fingers hurt very badly today, yeah. and I thought my calluses were better than that, but I guess not. <laughs> no, you've been working hard. Yeah, so I'm, I'm really dipping hoping. Dipping them in ice water a lot, yeah. my fingers. It's uh. <laughs> Yeah, um, I, I know some of this. I already knew some of the songs, um, but I'm not I'm not saying I'm going to phone it in, but they're definitely focusing more on the new ones. Some of them are pretty ripping, as they say. So, uh, yeah, I got a lot cut out for me today. Got some editing to do, including this podcast, probably. And um I got to practice for that. And what else? I'm sure there's more shit. I just have not remembered. But no. uh, it, again, what I've seen online of you practicing, I mean, I think I think you'll do pretty well. Thank you for the faith. Uh, I don't know about that. Uh, <laughs> I, always I, find believe you. I believe you. I believe you. I always find a way to fuck up. Don't worry about it. Um, but it's just kind of thing where there's going to be one rehearsal. I. Hmm. There's a singer who still hasn't said what song she wants to sing. So it's oh, going to no. be kind of like, well, you might be on your own for that one. Um, yeah, rehearsals are tomorrow. And I don't know what song she wants to sing. It just kind of sounds like maybe she's not doing not it. Not going to do just, it? I'm well, maybe curious. she's erring on the side of caution maybe would be good. No. Um, I'm they're not she's not signed up for rehearsal either yeah, i no, just okay. kind of think it's um i don't know last time this happened it was hmm. to me it was the women of country music thing and the person who didn't send her songs just dropped out at the last minute Ugh. so it just all that time yeah i'm practicing and then someone drops out i mean i didn't even practice for them so okay how can I practice? I don't know what the songs are. <laughs> so uh, today, uh, while my fingers recover a little bit, I'm just going to make sure my charts are in order, in line, that I kind of have at least tabbed out the other stuff that I need. And um, yeah, hopefully at some point today I'll be able to 
press my fingers down against some strings again. I'm really embarrassed by how how much pain I'm in. Hmm. It's uh, Cal and Bread released STS eighty eight. Yeah, uh, this week the it's a flange, flange and, and reverb, kind of a flurb from the Holy Grail. <laughs> if you are familiar, um, it sounded really great. Yeah, I thought so. You know, I know flanger is not the most popular effect, but I think that Cal and Bread found a way to make it really, really cool, sound really musical and versatile. versatile. Um, and I just, I had fun playing like some 80s washy stuff, some kind of funky stuff, and then like some real reverb drenched vibes. So check out that demo if you haven't. So yeah, Joe and I both had demos out last week. Very fun. Always cool to have. Uh, I also released an April Fool's video on yes. Friday. <laughs> Internally, I called it Oops All Affirmations or Oops All Compliments. Uh, so please go watch that if you haven't. If you're having That's a bad good. day, yeah. maybe that'll make you feel better. Turn that in the background. Just... <laughs> someone said they've been wanting a video like that for a year. And I responded like, I've just been kind of waiting for someone to do a supercut. <laughs> <laughs> just drop them all up together. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that would have been that would have been cute. But uh, no, so I just did it myself. No time. Yeah. <laughs> no, that takes, that does take yeah, time. Yeah, time. Yeah, to go through all of your videos and just cut those parts out. Yeah, that would have taken a while. <laughs> yeah. 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 People do, people do it though. People do stuff like that. Um, and Sweetwater had a fun video. I don't know if, how many of all y'all out there saw it. They didn't, it was just on YouTube, but uh they it was, the big clickbait was no more candy yes and Carlos is upset by that <laughs> yeah so i'm not gonna spoil it but please go check that out you might see some familiar faces in it yeah i think mine. i think yeah i think I, I think i saw a familiar face yes mm -hmm. <laughs> i did so many takes of that yeah so what, was, what was in the box oh it was just a box i had <laughs> That was so funny, though. Like, oh, that poor, that poor guitar case. <laughs> slamming in a whole ass chocolate cake into the guitar case. Oh, I just slam. <laughs> go watch that. Go watch that one. It was pretty yes. funny. There were some. There were some good April Fools' things this year. Um, yep. JHS did theirs a day early. I liked their. I liked this this year's prank of theirs better than good. last year's. Last year's I thought was kind of. Eh. It was mm. interesting, but fine. But this one was a. Uh, so for those who know or don't know, um, GHS has several pedals that are several takes on the same circuit. So they have Tube Screamer, Big Muffin, Rat. Mm -hmm. And this one is called the Bat Sim. <laughs> and the idea is there are different batteries. So Josh is like, I've been looking at nine volts from around the world. And <laughs> yes, there are controls for voltage, capacity, and age. Uh and yeah, it's they, really they they almost got me to be honest because they recently did the whole like was it the the vulture or the volt one the little small pedal that they released which was basically doing that whole voltage control like utility pedal so then when the, they did this for the april fools i was just like okay are they expanding on that like what and then of course you add to cart and it's like a t-shirt that it says yeah. i want to believe <laughs> It says, yeah, I believe in magic is what it yes, says. It was. It was hilarious. Yeah. Man. I'm sorry, I'm just looking at their website. I didn't realize how many series three three series pedals they had. One, two, six, nine, twelve, 
13. That's a lot. Oof. That's a lot of petals. Um, yeah, I'm trying to find the one that you're talking about. Is it the vulture? Hold on. You know, those actually, those um, Legends of Fuzz series petals, they're pretty big too. Forgot how I forgot how big those were. Fault. Let's see. Boost, delay, compression. There he is. Oh, oh yeah, vulture. vulture. Yeah, it's with an O instead of a U. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> so yeah, that is like just a little small utility pedal, obviously, to pretty much, I guess, reenact like of a dying battery, how the fuzz, you know, interacts with that. So I that's why originally I was like, okay, so there that that's why I almost believed it. <laughs> yeah, so the vulture goes between the power supply and the pedals power, is what it looks like. So uh, you can input 9, 12, or 18 and output adjustable from 7.5 down to 1.25. So yeah, it is literally replicating a dying battery. That's mm -hmm. actually kind of cool. Um, personally, like I would just pick a fuzz pedal that has voltage control. But if you don't have that, if you really like your fuzz, um, mm. this is an option. It's $80. That's not bad for a utility pedal. It's kind of, I think, if I look up, hold on. Um, I don't know. I don't think it's been $80 to sound like I I a dying yeah. battery. Hold on. I'll try. No, I'm probably not to have a dying battery. But expression, I wonder if that's typically like, well, I mean, if you look at Old Blood Noise Endeavors, I think it's kind of like, you know, 70 is kind of the range for, I think, like the. That's Yeah, that's what utility pedals cost. Yeah. Uh, this is only to be used with it's analog rampant. fuzzes. So it says specifically, do not pair with any digital logic, logic circuitry based pedal. Otherwise, the user risks potential damage, damage to the pedal yeah. being powered due to inadequate voltage. As long as your pedal is all analog, you'll be fine. Yeah, I mean, that, yeah. that makes sense. Because, I mean, with digital, yeah, you're going to run the risk of doing damage. Mm hmm. And you don't want to do that. So, yeah, that was a funny joke. I dug it um another one i saw was figure pedals chase the yes. and then bunny with bunny crossed out money bank and it is literally a little pedal bank a pet piggy bank kind of situation so you can put your coins in it <laughs> <laughs> i thought that was pretty funny and yeah the chase is there uh they have two bunnies chase is the male bunny of the two i think the other ones yeah the other one's name is pam um but yeah it just pretty much was him basically beating the pedal to get the pennies out and they had like a whole skit so it, it was pretty mm -hmm. funny you should watch it it's good <laughs> that was a really well done video yeah I it was appreciate it <laughs> So the knobs turn and the switch clicks, but it doesn't do anything. They're, they only, there are only 41 of them. They are $41. That comes to about an even 50 plus tax with shipping. Um, yeah. Cute. That's a fun one. Uh, I always like it when the April Fool's actually are real products. Like yeah, um, Caroline Guitar Company did one too. Uh, they did one especially the other year called the Blues. Um Oh, and the humbuckle. That's a real thing. <laughs> That's crazy. If you're not if you if you didn't see that one, Reverb and Chipson collaborated to do a belt buckle that looks like a humbucker. Not the stupidest thing I've ever seen. That's also definitely far from the stupidest belt buckle specifically I've ever seen. Oh my god. <laughs> the video was great. It was like an old like 
Calvin Klein ad or something. It was like black and white, and they just had kept saying humbuckle, humbuckle, <laughs> humbuckle. Like, wow, yeah, those ads really were like that. Yeah, the cologne commercial, like do you or like some kind of like whispering as they were the person was like, you know, walking around in a sunset, like dancing with no one around somewhere in a desert covered in <laughs> like just sand sparkling on their like wet greasy bodies yeah that kind of thing yes yeah or- look at the photo it's pretty funny with a little humbucker like on the buckle of like some pants actual yeah i mean that's design wise yeah somebody somebody may want to uh you know obviously uh pair you know match their humbucker belt with their humbucker pickups yeah, it's another thing where it's like I I wouldn't I wouldn't buy this, but I wouldn't fault you if you did. It's it's fine. It's fine. Is <laughs> is is what I can say about. It. Like it does it looks exactly like a humbucker. So that points there cuz sometimes yeah. sometimes they don't. Yeah. Um you can pre-order it now. $69. Nice. I <laughs> 69 dude. <laughs> I'm going to be honest, I've probably spent more on a belt buckle. But this is just very, it's a square, so it's very utilitarian belt buckle. So, yeah, there you go. I, I got nothing else to say about that. The packaging no. looks kind of vintagey and nice. That's kind of funny. But it doesn't really fit the ad at all. No. Yeah, so made in the USA. Includes free custom chips in USA design box. Or the box is made in the USA. Maybe just the box. Oh, the pedal is handmade and assembled in Oakland. I have to imagine these weren't super duper cheap to make. Like, this is custom factioning a little bit. But, uh... Yeah, as far as the box goes, yeah. Like, I can see at least here. Almost looks like, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, the the box looks like it was uh, like really old, and then the ad was very like '90s cologne. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if we can call the '90s vintage. Let's not. Uh huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> wow. Hold on, I'm just gonna go hide. <laughs> You're the one who did it. <laughs> Damn, I didn't. I didn't do. I didn't do anything. I, I just put myself out there routinely. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. Da, 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 da. All right. Notifications that I can ignore. <laughs> what else did we were we we mentioned for those April Fools? Oh, uh Megan L. That yes. was that was a great one. So that Megan L, fellow demo artist, check out uh Megan's channel and follow Megan on Instagram and all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. Um did a video about her SG. Because, you know, Megan usually plays offsets and started playing an SG and like she got some weird comments about it. So she decided to do this. It was very like it follows horror movie kind of vibe. It was really, really good. Uh, (laughs) Very well done. Like I knew Megan was like really talented in terms of like uh, drawing and like Mm -hmm. animation, like is for lack of a better word, like, but damn, I didn't. That was that was art. That was great. Yeah, that 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 was art. It was like a suspense thriller, but like at certain points, I was literally laughing out loud when watching it. I was enjoying it so much because some of the humor in there was just like, oh my god, this is yeah. I I mean, I already love everything that you know Megan does, but just yeah, this was just 
this was just so good. <laughs> Megan always kills it, man. That's all yeah, I gotta say. <laughs> uh, so yeah, definitely check that out. Uh, I laughed a lot about the where did I even get that shirt comment. <laughs> yeah. So, um, kudos, Megan. That was great. Uh, if there are any April Fool's things that y'all liked that we forgot, drop them in the comments. I know Gibson did a cologne and another company did a cologne. And then the humbuckle being like basically a cologne commercial. I'm like, I think a lot of people kind of were like fishing in the same pond. Yeah. Somebody talked uh, to someone and then someone went into their company's like boardroom. Yeah, I talked to this kid and they're doing this. Like, oh, yeah, we should do something similar to that. Like, that's probably what happened. Uh, I don't know about that. I think yeah. that, you know, people can come to those ideas independently. It's like that quote from Mad Men, like, direct marketing? I thought of that. Turns out it already existed, but I came to the <laughs> came to it independently. That's possible. <laughs> yeah, that's possible. That or they all have the same marketing agency, which I find less likely. <laughs> mm, yeah, I, I don't think that's probably. Oh, uh, man. Well, that's about all the time we have for today. Please check us out at Patreon at patreon.com slash get offset for as little as $5 a month. You can get access to our exclusive Discord server. We also have merch at getoffsetpodcast.com slash shop. Uh, please like, comment, subscribe for more stuff like this. Might have some other interesting videos this week that you might want to see. Wink, wink, hint, hint. Uh and uh, if you're watching live you can still super chat us in the premiere chat um if you are not watching during the premiere there's a say thanks button down below if you do feel compelled to drop us a couple bucks uh we always appreciate it it's always no, nice thank you so much yeah the last thing is i have some affiliate links in the video description uh for sweetwater perfect circuit reverb and seymour duncan among others please consider using those affiliate links um, next time you think about shopping it's a great way to support this channel this podcast doing things we're probably going to do anyway so let's just be honest with ourselves and each other um, again cost you zero extra dollars but we do get a portion of that sale shared with us and let me tell you saying shared sale is tricky so go me i got it right the first time <laughs> all right well uh is there anything else you want to say before we wrap it up uh, no, I think we've pretty much covered all the bases today of what we were going to talk about. And uh, yeah, you know, um, thanks everyone for obviously joining in the live chats as always. And also we appreciate you, your time, your listening, and also any kind of affiliate links you use. We appreciate that because that helps us grow in different ways. And uh, yeah, it definitely it does me a lot. Yeah. And uh, rate and review on iTunes and wherever yes. Apple Podcasts, whatever the hell it's Please. called anymore. Um, for everyone out there, thanks for watching slash listening. Thanks for understanding. Until next time, my name is Emily. I'm Jennifer.